Welcome to my Super Tattle Life, an ongoing blogcast about my experiences working with the San Diego Opera Chorus for the season 2008. This is episode 5. Places, please. And welcome to this week's show. Um, I'm going to make this one kind of short. Uh, I just kind of wanted to wrap things up, uh, and I kind of postponed from recording it uh, and having it out on Thursday night because I wanted to put in uh, this week's performance that happened. We actually had opening night on um, Saturday the 26th, so um, this is being recorded the day after on Sunday, and it's kind of just my thoughts of what happened on opening night. Um, it was kind of nice because um, it rained, and uh, as far as theater goes, it's an old theater superstition. If it rains on opening night, then you know you're going to have a good run. So that was kind of nice. Uh, you know, being my first experience out with a major opera company, it was just nice that uh, kind of had that theatrical blessing on the event. Um, it went off pretty much um, without a hitch. Uh, the only thing that was kind of odd is uh, the last um, entrance the men make uh, to bring out the last chorus that happens at the end of the show. For some strange reason, the conductor held us on our first entrance note, and it kind of felt like we were singing the opening to Oklahoma rather than to uh, sing our line that we were supposed to sing. Uh, and we just held it the first note for, it seemed like an eternity, but I, it obviously wasn't because nobody in the audience knew any better. But as singers, we knew that it was held a little longer than normal. Um, but otherwise, uh, it went off without a hitch. We, uh, it sounded great. Um, the orchestra was together, the performers were together, it all flowed very well. Um, we, we got a great response from the audience, there were actually even laughs and uh, a few titters on some of the barbs that fly back and forth, um, so they definitely got the storyline, they got the actual text of uh, the whole performance, so that was kind of cool, I kind of liked that, you know, we got audience reaction throughout the show, which was kind of nice, you don't always get that. Um, and we also got applauses during the acts, which was also kind of nice um, to get that immediate response. It just kind of gives you a nice pulse check. Because sometimes in, when you perform opera and operettas, people tend to be a little staid, and they don't applaud until the very end of the act. And so you don't really quite know how it's going until you get to the end of, a, of an act, and then you can hear the audience response. But it was kind of nice to hear that during it, they really liked something so much they applauded during which is uh, always a welcome thing. Um, uh, I will say that uh, the costumes are really, really um, very, very heavy. Uh, it's, somebody was telling me that in a previous performance, evidently, they did Wagner's Lohengrin, which uh, actually had more clothing piled on top. Yeah, they thought it was a lot lighter, so and even though I felt like I was wrapping myself in a sleeping bag when I put on my first costume, uh, and for some reason it didn't feel that way when I did the costume fitting itself, um, but when... I actually uh, did the show and actually was in the theater with the lights and everything else and clustered around everybody and all the people breathing. It really does feel quite, quite warm. Um, so I call my first act costume, I climb into the sleeping bag because it really is quite heavy. Um, and I also thought about it, I thought, you know, with modern technology and the way that textiles have increased in, in their fluidity and the way that they're produced now and you can get all these wonderful textures without it being overly weighty, um, there really is no reason for theatrical costumers to be so precise with their um, actual textured garments and, and to make it feel exact because there really is no need for that. With modern textile, textile technology, you can get 
really light costuming that from the stage will read with all the heaviness that and, and with the um, the feel of it that that is available to you but you don't have to feel like you're weighted down and as a singer that really does play a bearing on how you perform so um yeah so all of that to say we had a good night uh, it was a great performance uh we got great response from the audience uh and uh the only other thing that i learned as a newbie uh going into the show was that um when i got done with the show i immediately got out of costume got out of makeup and everything and grabbed all my stuff and was hurrying out the door and one of the uh old timers who's actually a very good friend of mine turned to me and said um you don't need to rush to get out of here well, you usually take your time a little bit to walk out the door and i said well why and he said do you see everybody uh move, making their way to the parkade well they get first shot at getting out the parkade and they're not always the fastest so i guess uh that's why everybody heads over to the little restaurant that's in our courtyard and they kind of just hang out there and wait for all the audience members to leave the parkade and then we get a shot at getting home at a decent time so I'm uh, going to make a mental note of that for the other two performances that are coming up. Um, so all of that to say that, yeah, it was a great show. Um, I think that if you get a chance to see it, there are still three performances left. Uh, Tuesday the 29th, Friday the 1st, and uh, the 3rd, which is Sunday, and that's a matinee. Uh, two 7 o'clock performances, and then the last one being at 3 o'clock in the afternoon. So if you get a chance and you're in San Diego, um, I highly suggest if you can get tickets to go see Tom Heuser. Um It is a wonderful production, um, and it's, the leads are just phenomenal. Phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal. Can't say it enough. Um, so um, I'm going to kind of wrap it up. I'm not going to do a very long broadcast today just to talk about it. I will start to put together some interesting stuff for um, Cavalleria Rusticana and for Pagliacci, which is my next show coming up. Um, I will say that I've heard good things about um, Maria Stuarte, which is um, Mary Queen of Scots. Um, I'm not in it, but I have friends who are in the core chorus, and they're actually doing that show, and they said it's coming along quite nicely. I don't know that they've gotten their costumes uh, fittings. I think they just signed up for them, so I'm not sure if they've even seen their costumes yet or not. Um, but that is coming up soon, and that will I, I know the tickets for it are already on sale. Um, but I've heard good things about it, so um, I may try and figure out a way to go see it uh i'm kind of on the fence about it yet i definitely want to see the pearl fishers which is one of the ones i'm not doing this season but i've always wanted to see it so i probably will uh end up going to see that one definitely uh so the next one up for me is cavalleria rusticana and pagliacci which are always performed together it's generally considered canon that those two are performed together so um i will start to put together some information from that um i probably will not have a podcast next week um, I will probably wait in for the following week and do the first intro to the stories for Cavalleria Rusticana and for Pagliacci and start to explain both those operas and some of the history behind it. So there'll be a break starting next week for one week and then the following week I'll pick back up again. So um, yeah, so uh, if you get a chance, take, take a moment to go see Tannhäuser if you're in the area. That'd be great. Uh, and until the week after next, this is Bill and I will catch up with everyone soon. Take care. Talk to you soon. Bye-bye. My Supertitle Life is a production of Aquagon Media Studios and its opinions and editorials are that of its author and editor and not of the San Diego Opera or any other organization or entity mentioned in this broadcast.